Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie, and we are the Art History Babes. How's it going, Nat? It's going. Currently trying to put my computer on Do Not Disturb um, without seeing where I'm looking. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Uh, Yeah, it's going well. Just end of my week, Friday. Happy it's Friday. Happy to be here. Happy to be talking about this subject. Wish we didn't have to talk about the subject, but since it's a thing, happy to talk about it. Truly. So we're doing something a little different, a little new today because, you know, inspiration strikes and you just got to go for it. I guess today's episode is going to be really just more of a discussion as opposed to, you know, what you might be used to with us. We do like these big like research based episodes. This is more we're just going to chat about some stuff that we got a lot of feelings about and that feels very just necessary right now and important um, in this current like internet age or post-internet age creator social media world. And uh, we're also doing this one on YouTube. So you can listen to the podcast or if you want to look at our faces and see our expressions, you can head over to the Art History Babes YouTube. You can also see all of our books in the background. That's very fun. I like how smart I know I like (laughs) I like how both of our (laughs) like setups we we made sure to like sit ourselves in front of our books to be like, I I am knowledgeable. Look at my precious volumes. I'm currently living in a studio and everywhere else is a disaster zone. So you guys get to see the one organized corner of my whole space. Also, uh, shout out, Nat. I love how you have five copies of the Honest Art Dictionary all lined up like right there. I wasn't going to do it, but like most of my books are still in boxes. So I had to to fill that level of the bookshelf. And it just so happens that that's where the camera lies. Or I planned it all and I'm just a huge narcissist. You guys decide. No, it's that's just clever promo. That's all that is. I love it. Speaking of clever promo, I'm wearing my art hat. Our our current current merch line. Yeah, it's black on black. Very mysterious. You have to look very close. Embroidered, uh, cozy winter fluff ball cap. I love it. I've been wearing it constantly because it's like, one degree here (laughs) so so this is my look right now like sweatshirt braid puffball cap um also i happen to have my new favorite tote bag it's so good i know it's It's so good i love the size too that would have been your book bag if we were still in grad school that would have been the one yeah it's good quality like it's a great bag i love this bag for sure so um yeah check check out the merch check out the new merch line we we put some work into it arthistorybase.com slash merchandise but anyways today's little art chat discussion episode we are going to be talking about i haven't even fully thought of a way to phrase this but i guess maybe the kind of uh almost trigger finger approach to criticism on social media, particularly with regard to creators and artists. And it's a big topic. Like obviously criticism on social media is a unbelievably huge topic. So we're going to try and keep this like 
focused or else this I think is going to get away from us very quickly. <laughs> um, it has the potential to. It totally does. Um, so to help keep it focused, I actually want to talk about some specific instances that I've seen occur on social media that have just made me think a lot, kind of upset me on different levels. And we can kind of like work through those different examples of what's going on on social media, because I think they're just representative of a much larger problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, this isn't something that's occurring at a, a in a limited sense. It's, it's really running yeah. rampant, I think, on social media right now. So yeah, I, I have some specific examples. And I'm not going to like, I decided I'm not going to use the actual creators names or like Instagram handles because one, I know for a fact, like two of these stories, both of the creators were just like really frustrated and kind of, it was kind of like a painful experience for them and they don't want to bring more attention to it. And two, like, I'm not trying to capitalize off of internet drama. Like, this isn't TMZ. This is not not about sensationalizing (laughs) anything. And listen, I'm not immune to hearing details about something and immediately going and Googling it and trying to, like, look up more information. It's so Mm -hmm. natural. It's so human. Totally. So we're just going to take that option away from you. Make it easy. Yeah. Also, it's like a mystery. Maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. Maybe you saw it. Like, you know. Or Um, maybe you'll have experienced something that is completely separate from this, but ran along the same exact lines. And that is what matters here. We all know stories that are like this, whether or not you know these exact examples. And so it's, it's so worth talking about. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So... The first one I'm going to talk about um, that really just hit me and I was like, let's just record this episode. Like, I want to talk now. I want to work through some of this. It just happened this week and it was a contemporary painter who has an Instagram presence. She, She does lovely work and she, over the past few years, has put a fair amount of her work in pro and process on Instagram and Earlier this week, she was being asked by people, you know, that follow her in her community to make prints of her work. And, you know, that's a fair thing to ask. There's nothing wrong with, you know, being like, hey, I'd really like a print of this. Totally fair. But she just posted on her story. You know, a lot of people have been asking for these. Sorry, I'm not the type of artist who makes prints. It's literally what she said verbatim. And people attacked her for that she was open enough to actually talk through it like on her stories but ultimately she ended up being like i'm gonna step away from instagram like this isn't what i do this for i'm not made for this i just want to paint you know but basically yeah what happened was exact words she said like i'm not the kind of artist who makes prints people who were like supporters of hers like she even said they were people who she had engaged with like on messages, attacked her and called her classist, called her elitist. Like some people were like really ugly names, like ugly things, saying hateful, ugly things to her because of that statement. I am not the type of artist who makes prints. And she even goes into her story. She like said plenty of famous artists throughout history have made prints. Like saying you don't make prints has nothing to do with like judging. It's not a judgment. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> she's it's like literally she, just a fact it reminds me of that scene in bojack horseman when he really offends that director because the guy said it's no casanova and he's like because it's there already is a casanova it's not casanova <laughs> he's like he's not trying to use it as an expression he's literally just saying it's not that because it's this and yeah. it's like she is not a printmaker she is a painter and listen i actually have experience being a painter and trying to make prints it's so hard. It's not easy. So for people who think that she's just, you know, being like, I don't know what the, what insert whatever word. I'm not even going to give you one because I don't have one. She's just making a decision for her art that is deciding something doesn't align with her process. She paints. She's an amazing painter. Let her paint. Don't don't bog her down with needing to expand in areas that she has no interest in, in like uh, turning paintings into prints. Oh, my God. Go listen to our Thomas Kincaid episode. If that's like what you care about. Like if you care about someone who like wants to make prints, go support. Go buy a Thomas Kincaid. Like, also, there are tons of artists out there who love printmaking. One of our dearest friends in the world is a printmaker. Which is like, also just a different way of making art. It's yeah. like to be a printmaker is just a separate medium than to paint. Yes. To be a painter that then has to turn paintings into prints. That's It's not art anymore. That is a technical process where you have to work with warehouses and it's just it's a headache and if she doesn't want to do it it, it's not even a judgment about her wanting to keep her work for a certain crowd it has nothing to do with that I'm sure and even if it did that's no one's business if she only wants original works of hers out there that is her decision and it's so bizarre people think that they need to have an opinion about it yet alone judge her and bring it to her and like, berate her over it. Like it it just layers on layers because yeah, exactly. Like obviously accessibility. Yes, we love it. We're all fans of accessibility here. And yes, there is a discussion about how prints can make art more accessible to people. Sure. But someone has to put in the labor to make these things possible in terms of all of accessibility and like it's so interesting to me that it it seems like it's become commonplace for people to step into a creator space you know be it on instagram or wherever and demand a certain thing without giving any attention or understanding to the fact that like labor has to go into that time has to go into that money has to go into that like you just expect these things to happen and she and she said straight up i want to focus on painting i i have zo- no desire to put in the labor to make prints um that's just not what i want to focus my time on and yeah, people took it to this really, really gross personal place, calling her all of these names. And like, dude, I am so against like classism and elitism in the art world. Like that's something I care passionately about. Nothing about this situation is elitist or classist. That's bullshit and like the privilege is coming from the opposite direction the privilege is coming from the people criticizing her acting like they're entitled to any of her time energy or labor they are not 
she paints, she makes beautiful paintings that people have the option to purchase. That is it. And it's bizarre that people are attacking her for not making prints. When, if you think about it, there are so many artists that have a whole career based on print making. So why would you not then, if you, if you're interested in prints, why would you not go find artists that are busting their asses to make prints? Why wouldn't you just go buy those? It's so bizarre. It, yeah. There's so many layers of why. Yeah, I'm totally. <laughs> Clearly. Like, yeah, I know. I know. It really upset me. It was I mean, it was hard to watch because she when she talked through it on her stories before she ultimately said, I'm stepping away like I can't do this. She got really emotional and like and it was just like I don't it just hurt. It just hurt to see this creator who really honestly was doing a lot in making her process accessible. She was yeah. giving away a lot. She's a she, generous content creator. Yeah. She didn't need to do any of that. That's I think that's part of the greater conversation here um, is the extent to which people on the internet often, not always, but often people who don't create their own content who don't put their own stuff on the internet they feel entitled to your space or your creation or how you choose to use your space and it's such a weird phenomenon because ultimately first off even if you did react to that situation that way if you reacted to that very innocuous factual statement i am not the type of artist who makes prints that was literally just a fact and it offended you in some way and you decided you didn't really want to consume her content anymore, there's this really beautiful thing called an unfollow button. And like the fact that not only did it go from I'm upset with this creator, like I don't want to follow this creator anymore. I'm going to attack this creator. I'm going to get in her DMs. I'm going to call her really ugly names. I'm going to shout elitism when that is just such a far stretch from what's actually happening. Like the fact that it just kept escalating when like you always, always have the decision to remove yourself from a creator's space on the internet. And yeah, and this is just like a, a really clear example of how it feels like so many people because once again, she, like I said, she was very forthcoming with information before she kind of like popped off off of Instagram. And she said like that these were people, you know, these weren't people that were like on the other side politically. These weren't, yeah. you know, these were the people that were supposed to be on her side. These were the people that, you know, and that's where I think it gets really problematic and really dangerous is like, you know, I identify as a leftist. I definitely, you know, I'm all about pro progressivism. The left is eating itself alive because of shit like this. Like splitting hairs. It's splitting hairs and not even for the sake of anything. Like it's gotten so bad. I don't know if this is kind of like within that Venn diagram crossover of cancel culture too, mm -hmm. where it's just people get really self-righteous in the fact that they think that they're defending something or someone there's no there's no victim here there is no victim in this story other than the person who got attacked for opening herself yes. up to community on instagram that she thought was safe it is wild there is nothing about her account or anything that she's ever posted that should make people 
feel entitled to anything from her. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Like, and there is a huge crossover into cancel culture. And that is probably uh, going to be an extension of this conversation that we'll maybe get into later because this will turn into like a three hour conversation. But yeah. I, I totally agree. I keep coming back to those those ideas like it feels like and I'm you know I'm kind of just speculating here but it feels like in the past year with everything with us being isolated and and all of this this, pressure cooker of a year yeah the pressure cooker of a year we're all isolated I imagine once again I don't have any information to back this up I just imagine that things like um internet addiction has probably gone way up I mean even for me compulsive internet use is oh yeah um like I think that's pretty common and what I think has happened to use the words I used at the beginning of the episode is there has formed this kind of like trigger finger neural connection thing where it's like, I see something, could literally be anything, but I see something on my feed. It makes me feel uh, an uncomfortable emotion. I react immediately by telling this person why they're wrong. And like, <laughs> and that's just um, not sustainable. And it And it leads to a lot of situations like this, where the person being harmed literally did nothing harmful, you know, and it is all kind of a result of this habitual, like, I feel this emotion and it makes me angry or whatever. And so I need to attack this person and tell them why they're wrong because that will make me feel better. And it's just this like dangerous feedback loop. And it seems to be, occurring about some of just some of the most innocuous stuff i think as individuals like we all need to kind of step back and and literally just like take a breath and take some responsibility for our own emotional reaction before diving in to accusatory dialogue you know yeah Yeah. And I exactly like and just to jump off of everything you just said, take a breath, like take a moment, process how you actually feel. Maybe we can come up with a list of like three to five questions to kind of like go Mm. down and post (laughs) with this, because I feel like there's a very logical way to feel through and think through some of these things. Um and also, like, just from my personal experience, I've never been someone who wants to engage like that online in, like, confrontational ways. Mm-hmm. I'm a big just unfollower, move on with my life. <laughs> but in real life, I definitely have moments of feeling like I need to make someone understand how they affected me. Mm-hmm. And it's such it's such a good rule to just wait and process something on your own. You'll 
make a fool of yourself less in all situations. <laughs> and I'm speaking about myself now, so I'm not being critical or judgmental of people. Like I'm speaking from personal experience, just way to be and process how you actually feel. Cause when you're being reactive and you're in the moment in your feelings, it's, you don't make, you don't make any sense. <laughs> like you don't, it's, it's such a losing game um, for everyone. And then you're hurting people. So if you're doing this because you think that you're helping, you're really just, you're not. And that's okay. If you're someone who wants to help, good. You're a good person. But know that this is not the way and yeah. find another way. Find another way to process these feelings that you're having. Because, yeah, I just, I have, my heart goes out to all of the sensitive creators out there who are opening themselves up because you have to nowadays to have a career. And I can I can just see how blindsided she was like I it, I can feel it in my bones and it hurts like to think that there are creators going through this kind of stuff on the regular just by being vulnerable. And the reason I held up that Brene Brown book earlier that made Corey laugh is because Brene Brown talks about how it's, you really as a creator have to learn to tune out everyone's voice who is not in the arena with you, like getting dirty and doing the work. If mm -hmm. someone is not a creator, if someone is not, yeah, doing what you do and actually in the trenches, disregard everything they have to say, honestly. Like if, the if they're it, yeah, especially if they're that's true, <laughs> if they're treating you um, asterisk. Yeah. If they're treating you basically without respect or in inhumanely. Yeah. Yes. I mean, what we're talking about is not accountability. Holding people accountable is so important, I mean, but holding yourself accountable is important, too. And so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people holding themselves accountable before they get reactive and yeah make a mess and like and we're also not talking about healthy respectful criticism that's fine like we've gotten plenty of of emails that were critical in some way that didn't harm us or leave us feeling defensive because they treated us with respect and like humans and then they brought their insight or their critique or whatever to the table and like and then you can kind of take that or leave that like you always have the option to do that like you don't need to take on everyone's critique ever um but that is always welcome like for us as creators like as long as you are not being hateful, spiteful, dehumanizing. I think that's that's part of this whole discussion is like that's that's such a thing you can do, you know, like if it really is an issue to you, like you can sit down and breathe through it and think about it and draft a nice email treating the other person like a human being and bringing your concern to them. That's an option. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's a much better option than uh, jumping into their DMs and calling them names. Like a much yeah. better option. And for everyone involved, for them, for you, like that's that's how actual like kind of critical discourse can occur. But also going back to what I said, even even if you sit down and you craft a nice email to a creator and they don't have the time to respond. They don't have the time to respond. Like you can't, 
you can't place these expectations and these rules on creators just like because you feel some type of way. As I said before, if that upsets you that much, you can move away from their space. But like, exactly, it's just, um, it's just unrealistic, you know, and it, it kind of comes back to perception, perception of each other. And I think a good chunk of this is taking taking responsibility for the role your perception plays in every situation. Like this situation we just explained is a perfect example of, as we just stated, the exact sentence was, I am not the type of artist who makes prints. She even went so far as to explain to people that that's exactly what she meant. Like she broke it down that she meant it very literally and not offensively at all. She wasn't saying anything about artists that make prints. But people were, obviously, quite a few people were triggered by that phrasing, and they created a perception of what she was actually saying. And then they weren't willing to take responsibility for that perception that they created. And to me, all that says is that those people were looking at that sentence and they felt some kind of emotional trigger. And then they were looking to find the worst possible interpretation. They were looking for the ugliness where when it wasn't there. And that's on them. Like that is on them. Like if you are digging into as far as you can to try and find bad shit, I promise you, you'll always find it because that's the, that's the way human brains work. (laughs) Like, Like you will always find it. And so there's an element of that, of like taking responsible responsibility for your own perception and obviously we're we are not talking about we're talking about these very specific kinds of situations we're not talking about situations where like blatant hate is being thrown out we're not talking yeah. anything like that that's a different story that's a different topic <laughs> but we are talking about making something very ugly out of something that is very innocuous and how that just seems to be a pattern right now mm-hmm Which, I mean, it's such a relatable thing. I think we've all had someone twist our words to make Mm -hmm. them uglier than we intended and had to live through the, you know, small personal drama between two people. Now, imagine having to deal with that on a grand scale and ward off people that you've never even met. But also the fact that you were saying people who she's had communication with, like that to me is even worse. Like the thought of people that we've made connections with on social media and stuff coming at us for something like that. Because I mean, we've had people come at us and usually pretty expectedly, like usually we we brace ourselves uh, when we talk about certain things. We know that like a certain amount of uh, feelings are going to come our way. But um, never, never have we, I feel, been turned on. It's always like people who probably were waiting to misunderstand us or we came in with that intention. We haven't been, we haven't had too many issues with like any type of mob mentality, which is nice, but we've just had some weird individual ones. I actually have one story that I will tell because it's about us and it's, it's kind of funny, <laughs> but this, honestly, I love this story because as a creator, this was a little bit of a turning point for me and how I chose to deal because I know 
the first time oh, I remember it so crystal clear the first time we got a really like angry kind of spiteful message on Instagram you and I like pretty much had panic attacks like we got so up. And we had to lean on the support systems yeah. and they told us to go watch <laughs> tv uh, yeah. out. both of our partners at the time were like do not under any circumstances respond to that message <laughs> They they're just like down. gingerly like taking our phones from us like, calm calm yourself they're like Relax. no shut it down <laughs> um but i re- oh i and i mean to be fair my mental health was not at a great place at this point but like anxiety attack i mean it was physically uncomfortable it really fucked mm-hmm. me up. we are not confrontational people you should see when we disagree it's such a weird little dance <laughs> we are not it's at so all confrontational funny. by nature yeah so it was just like it was definitely a physical, painful experience. It was very anxiety-inducing for me. I don't feel that way at all anymore. Uh, a lot of times, the situations are actually very Gross. funny to me. <laughs> I know, right? It's called growth, like, people. It can happen. You think it, you oh, can't totally. do these things. You keep. You think you can't rise above, and then you do it, and it just keeps getting easier. One hundred percent. Now it really does. Like sometimes it, it like makes me laugh. Like when people come at us that way. Like so it's you know if you're new to being a creator on some type of social media platform and you're kind of afraid of these things, um, we were too. And you just feel through it, and then it gets easier. Like um, and you start to understand it better, and you kind of start to understand that it actually isn't about you. <laughs> like, Projections everywhere everyone is projecting all the time constantly in every direction it's it's crazy it's wild like it's wild out there even i mean (laughs) like i know i project it's just i recognize it it's not that you ever stop really it's just you recognize what you're actually doing and so you don't react to it because you you stop yourself before that exactly and that's all you can do yeah and i think before i get into the story that's also something i just like want to state with all of this i am not saying i am not critical of people on the internet like i'll be scrolling and i'll read something and i'll probably misunderstand it or it'll make me feel some type of way and i'll have some kind of critical thought too and like like i have those experiences all the time but it's the whether you decide to internalize it whether you decide to act on it whether you just like what meaning you give to it you know the critical mind can as I said, can pull apart anything really. So like like, I do not fault anyone for having a thought like that um, because I have them all the time, but it's the taking the time to reassess and think about it and be like, does this really mean what I think it means? Am I overreacting or do my emotions actually align with the situation? It's like giving yourself the whole process because just jumping on the offensive or jumping on the defensive and attacking the person is, is shit's going to get messy. The story I was going to tell about one situation that was like, just like a turning point. This was, I honestly don't even remember when I want to say like a year and a half ago. Cause time is weird. I don't even like understand time anymore. I'd post on Instagram. We post regularly and someone commented on the post and they commented about a podcast episode Um, that we had done about Lady Gaga. And at the time of this post, at the time that they posted about the Lady Gaga episode, 
Lady Gaga episode was old. It had been out for a while, like months. Um, we did that one with Farron Gibson. Shout out, Farron. But they, so they had just listened to this older episode and then they decide to come on to our Instagram because they have something to say. <laughs> and they commented to let us know what they had to say. Also, they didn't message. They commented because they wanted everyone else to see what they yep, had to yep, say. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's another thing, too. Like, um, Yeah, I actually have thoughts on that once you're done with the story. <laughs> they commented about the Lady Gaga episode, and it was very huffy and puffy because in that episode, I brought up the Ariana Grande God is a Woman video because it had just come out. Mm -hmm. at the time of that episode we literally talked about it for like a couple minutes it was barely a footnote in the episode it was just like a mention because there's a lot of art history in that video and it it had just come out references right yeah and barely a mention in the episode we just kind of like shouted it out this person was very upset that i did not mention the name of the artist that worked on that video one didn't have that information, didn't know the name of the artist that worked on the video, didn't do any research on the Ariana Grande video, didn't claim to have done any research on the Ariana Grande video, literally just mentioned it. And they were mad that I didn't talk about the artist. And they, yeah, used very aggressive language. They pulled, oh, my favorite, my favorite in the world when people are trying to be on like their moral high horse, they pulled the like, do better. (laughs) Because, because like I in this episode had that had mm. nothing to do with Ariana Grande or that video didn't mention the name of an artist who at the time I didn't even know it was just such a weird thing to get that upset about and like come on the page and like make a big deal about it and I was like if we ever did an episode on that music video of course we'd talk about the artist like that's just It was a mention in passing. Once again, you know, one way you could have dealt with that situation, shoot us an email or a DM. Hey, thought you might like to know the name of the artist from the video. And we probably would have read you at the end of an episode and said, hey, thanks for letting us know. Mm -hmm. Like people have been harder on us about things and had criticism that was more valid that they presented in ways that we then fully owned and been like, hey, this person like introduced us to a blind spot we had or or like corrected us in a way that we weren't thinking about and yeah we own it that is not the way to ever get information across to someone like we like there's nowhere for us to go but defensive from that Mm -hmm. like and that's what you need to that's what people need to realize too is take accountability for how you are presenting something to someone if you're only giving them the option well, I don't know, because sometimes that is the only way to talk to people. But in this context, no, it there's there's no need for that. Like, because none of the, it was why one, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, it's just it's just a thing. It's just a well, thing and this one's happens. so extreme. It almost just makes this person look like, ooh, like the person who, like, you know, like loses their shit in the checkout line at the yeah. grocery store and everyone else just kind of like steps two feet away because they're just like, I'm not I'm not going to touch that because that's just <laughs> too much um so in in this situation it's just it's like so extreme so what i was thinking about earlier is the idea of dms versus comments 
And that's that's really interesting, too, because those are two very different avenues. And it's not to say that one is more confrontational than the other, but they're used in different ways. And they can both be used really badly because sometimes people feel more entitled to like loose language and I guess not really thinking through what they say and just being uglier when they're in DMs. But there's also this weird performative aspect to the comment section. So it's, it can both be so ugly, but if any time those things are going on in your head when you're writing someone, the fact that no one's watching so you can say what you want or people are watching so you're going to try and like publicly shame someone, just stop yourself. (laughs) Like stop yourself. Buy a journal fill it up. Maybe you'll become a great artist too. I mean, I think that's, yeah. If, if you're about to act and you ask yourself, that's a good question. Am I trying to publicly shame someone? The answer to that is yes. A lot of instances you should probably stop. Like a lot of instances you should stop. I'm not going to say every instance, but a lot of them. Yeah. (laughs) Brene Brown also teaches us that we don't learn through shame. So um, even if you do think that you're teaching someone by publicly shaming them, like we said, accountability is one thing. Holding people to an appropriate standard is one thing. But hold yourself to the standard of decency. And if you're going to criticize someone, think about how you would actually criticize someone in person. There are not different rules for the Internet. Like, just stop with that mentality. It's it's making us... So more so much more disconnected and just it's it's nasty. It's not it's yeah. not fun to even see. Like when I find one of those little like pockets of negativity in a post or something, like so often it's just like, oh, this like kind of ruins my day a little bit. And and I'm not even the one having to deal with it. I'm just I'm just passing by for a brief second. That is another thing that I, I did just kind of want to briefly mention that even if you are someone who is who has gotten more comfortable on social media with a public presence who is you know like I said I I think I've really transformed in how I deal with people like that like most of the time you know I do find it funny or whatever it doesn't ruin my day that being said hateful comments it's still um, like it's still like a wrench like it's still like a you know it's not it's not good vibes even if you're someone who feels like you can deal with it pretty well it can still fuck with your mood it can still you know you could be in the middle of like just like feeling good about something and then that happens and you're like oh I have to deal with this now you know like it affects people it affects creators um even the ones you might think have developed some sort of immunity to it, it does affect people because people are people. And um, yeah, it's this like idea that because it's on the internet, like there's just this some kind of wall that goes up that we don't recognize the humanity of the person on the other side anymore. And I don't, it's a phenomenon I don't quite understand. Like, I really don't get it. I really don't get how people can't stop and be like, that is a full ass multidimensional human being on the other side. 
Like mm-hmm. that is, that is where it blows my mind the most. Like, because like I said, there've been plenty of times I've been critical of people on the internet or like, or a creator or something, but like, I can always step back and be like, they're a complex human. Like there is never going to be another human being on this planet, on the internet or in person that agrees with you and aligns with you 100%. And if there is one, they're doing it because they're afraid of you and they're afraid of consequences. That's the only reason that ever happens. If there is someone who always agrees with you fully and never disagrees, dissents, anything, they are afraid of you. And that's not a positive thing. No, that's not a good thing. I had also another story that I wanted to talk about, which is kind of another layer of this weird internet behavior, how we treat creators. And this one is weird because it's a creator treating another creator in a shitty way. And it really made me mad. It like this one pissed me off. Well, I mean, the last one pissed me off too. It all pisses me off, but like, it's it's all very uh, frustrating. But so this one, was a few weeks ago and um i was following this account on instagram and it was like a spirituality meme account i had been following for a while and i liked like some of their memes and stuff and like kind of liked the vibe like um there's a couple times they talked about cults on their stories so i was like i'm really into cults like <laughs> um speaking so, Corey's language <laughs> yeah so i was like into it you know and then one day i'm just like looking at my stories and this creator just decides to their audience, which they had like a, they have a sizable audience, nothing insane, but like a good chunk of people follow them. This creator decides to just like ask their entire following, like court of public opinion, what do we think about insert name of this other creator? And this other creator is another creator I follow. So we have creator number one is spirituality meme account um, that I had just started following. Creator number two is another spirituality like artist account that I've been following for a long time and that I very much support and I'm a big fan of. And so creator number one is asking their entire following, like, what do we think of creator number two and that is just such a (laughs) question man we're back in high school here we are I know and instantly I just was like I was shook because I like I felt kind of defensive of creative creator number two but also I was like I really thought creator number one was like better than this like their account seemed it like I said it was like a spirituality account like they seemed not like this and So they post this thing and then they start getting responses and they're posting all the responses. And some of them were very nice. You know, some of them were like, love, love her, love, you know, Um, some of them were very positive, but a lot of them also were not. Lots of people saying really shitty things, lots of people making really weird judgments, some that I know for a fact were just 
Because she false. opened the judgment door. She I literally know. said, hey, bring your judgments here. I'm going to just post them all. Like, this is fucking mean girls with the burn book. Like, it's so childish. Exactly. And to do that when you're claiming to be like a like some kind of spiritual like guide it was out of here so weird it was (laughs) so weird it was such a weird move yeah and so it just like I was like whoa and it made me very uncomfortable and then creator number one decided to like after posting all of her audience's thoughts decided to put her own little thoughts and one she admitted to not even really be following this person very closely. So she doesn't even like have a lot of this information. She's just going off of the judgments of her audience. And like I said, I support and follow the second creator. And I know a lot of the things that were being said in those comments were false. Like it wasn't even true information. People, people make a lot of assumptions about her. She, she is someone who, um, yeah, she carries the burden of a lot of extra projection. I think because she is very protective of her energy. I wonder if that's why people tend to just like, like she's all at once vulnerable and protective. Like she, and it, and it seems effortless and I can see how that would really trigger some people. Yeah. Um, Which honestly, you have to at once be vulnerable and protective to do well in this space. Like it's, like that's why I think she's able to do as well as she does yeah. because you have to have that skill, I think, to yeah. do wellness space. But I totally agree. She receives a lot of projection. And um, yeah, and then this creator one decided to put their own judgments out there. And and they were super weird and gatekeepy about like spirituality, which is g- so gross. <laughs> Like, and I literally the opposite of this other creator. So I can see why the triggers were just going off for people who clearly aligned with creator number one. Us over here in creator number two camp, <laughs> like it's much more of a like we're all just having fun. We're all just trying to do our own thing. And like, oh, man, it's OK, but keep going because I'm like very into it. <laughs> Because I don't I didn't get all the details. So I'm like, I'm getting it all from you. Yeah. So then creator number one basically laid out all their judgments of creator number two and how, yeah, just lots of like gatekeepy stuff um, regarding spirituality, which also a lot of it was based on false assumption about Mm -hmm. creator number two spiritual background. But regardless, it was still weird because like if you're trying to be a spiritual creator on the internet, you should probably be welcoming to people (laughs) (laughs) who agree with you, especially since there's so many people who don't give a shit what you have to say and want to tell you that, you know, your spirituality is baseless and all this stuff. Like we've dealt with people being so judgy of our beliefs and we've also been judgy of other people's beliefs like we're not going to act like we're perfect but not to them like not like ever bringing it to someone's doorstep like you work through that on your own time so then you don't project your shit onto other people exactly I do a lot of the running of like our Instagram and I try and like think of new ways to engage with people on our stories and stuff and you know asking questions and and all of that and I cannot I just can't imagine I I can't imagine what value would come from 
popping on stories and being like, so what do we think of insert name here? Like what value comes from that? Like it just what value comes from even needing to criticize. I mean, we've had critical conversations about other art podcasts, but never, ever have we even had the like desire to tear someone else down like ever ever if anything it's more exciting because we're like hey there's more of us like there's more of this energy there's more of an audience building for what we care about like and you know and everyone does something slightly different and it's just there's there's room for everybody like we we just watched the OnlyFans doc just to bring it back to that when what's his name is like there's enough there's enough for everyone to eat like everyone gets to eat like mm-hmm. guys that like abundance theory like we all can make this work like you don't need to go after someone else or tear them down to get what you want that's the secret like that is the secret <laughs> promise really we you. should just like bulldoze all of you know the early 2000s uh, secret book and documentary and just be like no this is actually the secret there is enough to go around the trap is thinking that there isn't and it makes you turn on people that you should be like buddies with and it's Mm -hmm. it's you don't have to do it you can disengage you can yeah and this situation goes back to what we said earlier too if for some reason creator number one's feeling some type of way about creator number two and thinks whatever 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 creator number one can hit the unfollow button and that can be done for creator number one. You know what I mean? Like you always have that, like that is your power. That is your choice. There's nothing wrong with you ever choosing to disengage with a creator. I do it all the time. So do I. (laughs) You, I mean, my tastes are constantly changing. So I'm constantly re-following, unfollowing people. Someone will suggest something to me. I'll find some sort of value in it. But then the battle start to outweigh the good and I start to feel myself getting really judgy in a way that doesn't feel good and I leave and it feels good again and that that day with creator number one I unfollowed that person because that oh wait 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 wait. you didn't dm them and tell them (laughs) off (laughs) no I didn't I didn't I just was like this is gross and makes me feel not good goodbye like it's not hard it's not hard and like and also I had a brief conversation through dms with creator number two about the situation because they posted about it. And like, I was like, oh, I saw that shit and it made me feel this type of way or whatever. And we like chatted about it. And she even said, she was like, yeah, it's a shame. Cause like, I like some of their memes, but like, whatever, I guess blocked. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Like creator number two didn't even call that person out. Nothing just like, just was like, okay, like this kind of sucks and blocked them. Like, you don't need to, you know, it doesn't need to become this big battle on the internet. Like, cause yeah, cause even when they posted it, it posted about it, it was super cryptic. They didn't, they didn't tag the person. They didn't call them out. They were just like, I heard about this other account that's yeah. making, and they were and creator number two, <laughs> I hope this, you can follow this like creator number one, creator number two. I mean, I am, but okay, I, okay. I'm like inserting at least half a name. <laughs> yeah. Creator number two just wanted to work through how the situation was making her feel on her 
Instagram, she just kind of like brought it up and how it, it had been a really weird week for her because of like that situation and some other situations. But it was never like a this creator did this. So I'm going to call them. You know what I mean? Which already yeah. tells you like the difference in energy that was going on between those two accounts because like creator number one is out here like I am dropping this name and we are going to judge court of public opinion and creator number two was more about trying to just talk about the experience that they were having not trying to call out the other creator or anything like that yeah and that was I mean that was enough for me to be like yeah you know I chose the right team I think yeah (laughs) this situation I think that one really threw me because I do think it's less common to see people who are active creators or artists that, you know, that are active on social media trying to drag other creators that way. Like, I I haven't seen much of that. Maybe it is Mm -hmm. bigger elsewhere on the Internet, but it's not something I see very often. So that like, I don't know, it kind of it kind of shook me a little bit. Yeah, and well, and also, like you said, you didn't expect that creator to take on that life form. Like, we don't, we don't follow people that seek out drama or like want to sensationalize it. Um, yeah, truly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, or or for the people that we do, it's like very clearly like that is the thing they do or it's to serve a greater purpose or like like I have pl- I follow plenty of Instagram accounts that are very decidedly confrontational but it's for a good reason you know <laughs> like there's a difference like if yeah. you are actually doing something and defending something on the internet that that is real and that you're fighting the good fight that's one thing but none of the things that we've gone over tonight are fighting the good fight someone else's creative process creative decision making a uh, personal life that they choose to share with you that that is not fair game for you to like i don't know it's the same thing of i i used to really hate and like hate's a strong word but i honestly think it's the right one like award shows and celebrity culture because it just felt so gross to me and i hated the concept that you know, the mentality when we were growing up was, oh, well, celebrities, they choose this. They put themselves out there. They choose to expose themselves and to open themselves up to this criticism. And I re- that never sat right with me. Even as a little kid, I always just was like, why? Because they like to act like they like to make music. They liked like to me, it was all I was like, these people are artists. What do you mean they're they want to be criticized? They celebrity is not something that people a lot of times even choose. And nowadays it's a little more complicated because sometimes celebrity is the goal of someone's, you know, career trajectory. Like that is the whole point. But even that, that doesn't, we, we have as a society decided that celebrity means something we've put value on it. We've elevated it to this stature. That does not mean that the people who inhabit that space need to be perfect. Like, yeah, they should be respectful. They should be accountable. They should be all the things that the rest of us are. But none of us are perfect. And none of us are being asked to give what we're asking of some of these people. And now that Instagram and social media and TikTok, it's all opening things up. Like, 
we need to become more decent, not less, because it's going to become such a big problem if we can't figure it out now. Like it's it's already gotten so bad. It's like a it's it's a weird mutation of online bullying, which was such a thing when we were younger and, you know, was like the natural progression of regular bullying which was horrible and is still horrible i'm sure it's just it's it's also part of the whole like like the people a lot of the people who are doing this aren't teenagers you know we're talking grown-ass adults but it is the hurt teenager inside of them that is actually coming through in all of this like we talked about it's it's high school mentality it's high school level maturity and like Mm -hmm. We don't need to go back there, guys. We don't. Let's not. <laughs> I know. Let's like, not. There's a lot of things that are hard about like growing up, but that's one of the beauties of it is like, I mean, I say this all the time. I love getting older because it, I can literally feel myself give less of a fuck like every day. And I felt that way feeling. since probably like, I think it really started to click for me around like 26. I started feeling like, oh, I I care less and less as the days go by and it just keeps happening. And it's so great. Now here I am in my early thirties and I'm just like, wow, I don't really give a fuck. And like it, and I, I imagine like if that's where I'm at right now, like God, 50 is going to (laughs) be incredible. like, Like, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of beauty in letting yeah letting go of that hurt teenager honestly yeah. and letting go of the those dynamics those mean girl dynamics those those weird teen power plays like you don't have to live there anymore like you really don't I think going back to earlier in this conversation it gets really complicated because I think there are a lot of people out here who are intelligent, well-meaning people that know their shit and are, are very, very woke to all sorts of issues, right? Um, which is valuable. We want that. That's who we want to be. Like, we're progressive. Like, that's what we want. But there has been this insidious thing that's happened where a lot of the mob on that side kind of wants everyone to get in line and isn't handling disagreement in a way that like honors humanity. You know, we're not the the only people talking about this. Like a lot of, a lot of accounts um, that I follow, some that are full like activist accounts have been kind of bringing attention to this. Like Blair Amani, who is lovely and who we had on the podcast recently. She's a wonderful creator and her, her content is fully like activist based, right? Like amazing stuff, super educational. All of her content comes back to activism. It's that's mm-hmm. her whole thing, and it's wonderful and needed. Yeah. And we're huge supporters. And she just like posted a tweet that was something along the lines of like bullying is not in line with liberation. And it's like, yes, like we can't we can't with all this infighting, we can't be attacking each other and calling each other elitist and classist for literally making a statement about our artistic practice. We can't be getting weird and gatekeepy 
about our spiritual practices because our ego like feels some kind of hurt by the way someone chooses to express their spirituality on their Instagram. How about you be a gatekeeper of your own energy and your own feelings? Mm-hmm. Gatekeep that. That is the <laughs> only thing that you need to gatekeep and do it. Do a good job of it. Like we talked about, protect your energy. If someone's triggering you, if something's making you feel some kind of way you don't like on the internet, disengage. Do not engage further. I mean, it's like, and like Corey said, asterisk, like big asterisk on that. Obviously, we are talking about something very specific here. And now I feel like I have to be very, very clear about my words and yeah, everything I, I mean. Yeah, I'll, the I'll, topic. I'll say it again. We are talking about these specific types of situations. We are not talking about the bigger issues of like hateful speech on the Internet. We're talking about the things that get in the way of people actually addressing bigger issues. It's uh, Rachel Cargill deals with this a lot of people coming at her and she will literally dissect the way that people will negate her actual point to try and come at her and talk Mm -hmm. about her tone and say, oh, I would have listened to you if you had done this and all this shit. And she is brilliant and she will dissect the shit out of it and point out how it's just a pattern that people use to dismiss you when they don't want to deal with what you're actually saying. And that can be true of some of the stuff we're talking about. You can set off something in someone by just talking about a music video that then makes them feel like they need to go off and express something that you you caused. Hmm. That's wild. That is wild. And, you know, bless people like Rachel Cargill and Blair Imani who are doing real good work in activism and kind of warding these people off constantly and realizing that that is part of that process right now with social media and being an activist on social media. And let's, you know, work in a direction to ease the burden on them. But I think it starts with not doing it on the smaller scales because it's a, it's a sliding, it's a slippery slope. And I think the very, very starting point is not judging yourself. Like all of these people are probably horrible to themselves in their own minds. Like, yeah. and we get it. If you're mean to yourself in your own head, then you feel justified to put other people through that same process. Mm -hmm. But it can stop with you. As someone who has completely changed the way that I speak inside my own brain, it's possible. Like, it's so possible. Yeah. (laughs) I used to be like I used to have such a more critical mind. And even if the things didn't always leave my mouth, they would sometimes and that never felt good. You're you can walk it back like I don't even approach some of the thoughts that I used to have that I felt ashamed about because I knew they were ugly thoughts, but it all stemmed from how I felt about myself on a certain level. And like, yeah, just if you can't seem to stop, start to listen to how you talk to yourself. Cause I guarantee that's the start. Like totally 100%. I, yeah, I have a very similar story. 
I'm definitely someone where a lot of the critical stuff stayed in my head, but still like the more critical I was of myself, the more critical I was being of other people 100% of the time, 100% of the time. And once I started, yeah, like loving myself, you know, like to <laughs> self-love, you know, like, yeah, it sounds like, like a cliche, once, guys, but it's so real. Yeah. Once I started like learning those things and really like implementing them, I yeah, I, I I became less harsh and less critical of other people. And that really comes back to that whole concept of perception and the fact that like all of this, all of this behavior, all of these, you know, critical thoughts, which lead to critical words that like you may choose to throw at someone it really does all kind of come back to neural connections in your brain. And, and we are creatures of habit. We are pattern creatures. And you have the ability to actively break the pattern. You always have that option and that ability. But if you don't do that, you're going to operate according to the habit. You're going to operate according to the pattern. And looking for the worst in everything is a pattern. Looking for the worst in others is a pattern. Full stop. Yeah. Like it just is. And it is. And that doesn't mean I, yeah, I, I feel like we keep kind of trying to hedge what we say because, like, I can already see how some people are going to try and apply this to bigger things that we're not even talking about. Don't. But, <laughs> but, um, I do also just like want to say that we are not people that believe in like toxic positivity either. You know, I, I do think positive thinking can be a really great thing, but I think always leaning on positive thinking can be a very shallow thing. Things, are way more complicated than that. Um, critical thinking is important. All we of love that. dark shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, like I feel like toxic positivity, it's just, it, it totally caught me off guard that that's where your mind went, which now that you say it, I, I get it. But like, I could never think of us being toxically positive because so many of our conversations, I think are the opposite to where they just kind of like revolve around darker themes in yeah. ways that like <laughs> that I just yeah it's it's funny that we could ever be labeled that way but I can see why you're uh thinking. I just feel like when you start to say things like what I just said and what I mean I stand by it that yes. you know seeing it's the gonna worst, trigger some people <laughs> yeah that like thinking negatively and seeing the worst in people is a habit like then people tend to think you're a certain type of person who is just trying to make everything butterflies and rainbows or whatever no which i am not because two seemingly contradictory things can be present at one time and people are full multifaceted human beings that may say things that you don't expect them to say <laughs> Yeah, that what we're talking about is it's not self-love. It's it's not toxic positivity. It is self-love. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'll say that again. It is not toxic positivity. It's self-love. And I almost like cringe saying self-love because it feels so just like co-opted and corny. Mm -hmm. But like it's real. And someone who is very important and meaningful to me recently said this thing. That here's a perfect example. The first time they said it, it didn't click. 
but I respect this person and I have like a lot. Yeah, I just have a lot of respect for this person and agree with them. And so I sat with it for a few days and really let it sink in. And it's it's the concept that when you shine, you give other people the permission to shine. And that one had to sink in because in my mind, I think I always, I always would like, I don't know. I had this idea that I had to dull myself in, in order to let other people shine. If that makes sense that like me, me having attention or having like positive attention or nice things or being acknowledged would take away from other people. So I always felt like I had to lessen myself to let other people have space to literally minimize myself to let other people have space. That was just the way my brain thought about things. Also a societally uh, integrated thing. Like, yeah, I definitely use. There's a lot of misogyny. There's a lot of internalized misogyny in that statement. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it was it was challenging for me because I had never thought of it that way. But the more I thought about it, the more real it became. And the more I realized that, like, there's so much truth to that. Like, and so many people that I love and respect and am that I, yeah, have this pull toward on the Internet, in life, whatever, they shine. They they're not afraid to be themselves and to love themselves. And and loving yourself isn't always positive like that also means being vulnerable and honest and like man our girl Lizzo who just like I could cry thinking about Lizzo like just (laughs) so many good feelings but she posted something the other day of her like giving positive affirmations to her body and like thanking and loving her body and just talking about like the progress of not liking certain body parts but then recontextualizing and literally just like it's it's just challenging things. You know what I mean? It's not saying like mind over matter. What it is is it's it's deep belief. It's it's training yourself to really believe something is true, to believe you are really worthy on a deep deep level, like worthy of love, worthy of respect, wherever you're at in your life, like whatever you have going on, and it's hard to believe that. Mm-hmm. But like no one else is going to get you there except you. And yeah, this it, it's literally like it's the opposite end of toxic positivity. It's hard fucking work. Like, yeah, it's, it's practice <laughs> and hard work and it's complicated and you got to sit with your feelings a lot, even the negative ones. But it feels so much better to, like, judge people less and judge yourself less and to put less just negativity out there. Um, yeah. Once you break that cycle, too, you start to have, I I think, adverse reactions to that. Like when when I see people doing things like that or responding to things that way, it really just like physically makes me uncomfortable. Like <laughs> clearly we get upset. <laughs> yeah, it, it really I get protective sometimes. I get I'm like, oh, I need to do something about this. Like I it's something this whole topic in. we'll wrap this conversation up for now, but I think it's something we can continue to talk about on several, several levels because it is starting to be talked about in a lot of circles. And I think we need to just keep talking about it and keep talking about it. Um, And it's connected to so, 
so much, right? Like connected to cancel culture, connected to punishment culture, connected to, to all of these things that I, I just think about all the time. And I feel like their damaging effects are very evident right now. I want to continue having these conversations. I'm going to say it just one more time. So like, I don't know, hopefully less people get up in arms. All of this conversation is talking about these things in a specific context. We are not talking about how to act when like someone posts something super racist or how to act when someone does something super hateful or when someone is like uh, is out here like sexually assaulting women. Like that's not what we're talking. We're not talking about any of that. We're literally talking about like that's a that's a complicated conversation too but that's a conversation for another day we're talking about these situations where it really feels like people are tearing each other down and they think they're doing so righteously and it's not yeah. good creative okay. creative on creative attacking and mm-hmm. it's just it's hard to not see it as a complete projection cycle of just you are closely aligned to what I'm doing so naturally I'm going to compare myself to you in my mind I'm going to have feelings about it and then what people do based on those feelings varies and hopefully you're one of those people that processes on your own and here's the other thing about being a creator I I love this idea and you're right we do need to wrap this up but I feel like this is important and a positive <laughs> note to end on. There is this podcaster that I follow and really like and she's she's in the like nutrition and um health sphere sphere and she is very into uh bo- body positivity and all of that and she talked about how she is never comfortable posting about or sharing something while she's living it that she always needs like a reflection time before she can share and that's I think probably even that concept I think would be very triggering to a lot of people because I think the real time sharing transparency thing is very big but to her point I mean first of all she is dealing with nutrition health medical stuff so it's it's different in that way that like she really does need to be very uh conscious about it mm-hmm. but at the same time why not be that way with em- emotional creative all that stuff like we know that our feelings can change so much and our perception about something can change so much in sh- such a short period of time like give yourself the space to really live through something and process something before you feel the need to then share that with a bunch of people. Like that I think is what is especially gross about the story you mentioned where someone was like real time parsing through their feelings about someone like that is, that is the extreme end of that. That's not Mm -hmm. okay. Like you, you shouldn't even really, it's not it's not entirely responsible to share your own feelings about something unrelated to everyone else in real time because they're so likely to change and and you don't like I'm sure most people listening to this are thoughtful people you don't want to be intentionally harming anyone so don't and take <laughs> time time is really the key here time and thought 
and just being less reactive. I think we could all do, we could all learn so much by just being less reactive than we are. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I, I very much think, yes, the less reactivity is just like key, even just in, completely divorced from social media in your own life, in your own thoughts. Yeah, in your own I'm working shit. on it. <laughs> yeah, just less reactivity and like, like giving yourself time and space and grace to kind of like feel through things is just it's an amazing thing. It's a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, it's not something I have. I, I have mastered by any means, but like, you know, you, you work with it and it definitely, I think helps these situations adding on maybe another dimension to what you were saying. I do think it's also important to give grace to creators in terms of them changing their minds mm-hmm. because creators grow and change. And like, Sometimes we'll record a podcast episode and I won't get around to editing editing it until like a month later. And then the I'll worst. Ed- <laughs> and then I'll edit it and I'll be like, oh, I don't think that at all anymore. <laughs> I know. And I, I end up cutting like full like statements. I'll yeah. like it, I'll I'll have it set a full like five minute thing that you guys will never know about because <laughs> Yeah, two months later, Nat is like, no, shut up two months ago, Nat. Like, no. And that's the nature of being a person who grows and changes. And so I think it is very important to have grace for creators who are uh, sharing with you regularly. If I get on our Instagram and I say one thing one day, and then a few days later, I say something different that's because I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we like, do it all it, the time, guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. It's like, it's an okay thing to do. It's okay for me to do it. It's also okay for you to do it. So giving people grace with like the things we do, the things we say, they are not set in stone. They are not concrete. They are sp- supposed to be malleable. They're supposed to change. That's the beauty of the whole process. And letting that be okay and like having room and space for that is also just a very valuable thing, I think, for being someone, whether you are a creator or just someone who follows a lot of creators on an the armchair internet. critic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an important thing to think about because ultimately, and this is actually the idea I did want to end on with this episode. Every one of those people, whether it be an independent podcaster like yours truly or fucking Kim Kardashian, whoever it may be, that is a human being on the other side of that. Like it yes. is, you know, and like once again, that we doesn't all deserve respect. Yeah, everyone deserves respect. No one is exempt from criticism, but we all deserve respect. And also, just like when I imagine just like constantly going off on people on the internet all day, it sounds like the most exhausting way to live my life imaginable. So like if that is maybe the vibration you've been existing in, you might feel better if you take a break. I'm just saying. <laughs> Try kickboxing. <laughs> I love kickboxing. It's such a great way to release 
aggression. It's the best. Yeah. It's such a good aggression workout. Aggression is real. Let <laughs> it out. Just not here. Not yeah. on creative. Do something that makes your body feel good. Like, <laughs> or yeah. filter it into some actual, like, actionable, like, work in the community. That's a great idea, too. Yeah. Well, and if things- you can't, then maybe that's a good sign that what you're fighting for isn't a thing. <laughs> if there's no way to channel it, <laughs> there's well, no the actionable <laughs> like thing that can happen from it. Maybe you're not actually maybe you fighting let it go. a fight. Maybe you let it go. <laughs> and maybe that will feel better. I pr- Letting go is one of the best feelings, man. Oh, so much goodness. better than holding on. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... We'll we'll come back around. We'll do more of this like regularly. I think just having these discussions of working through things because this is just it applies to anyone who is active on the internet, um, and it very much affects those of us that create regularly and put our stuff on social media. So, um, if you have more thoughts, please let us know. Just treat us like humans when you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Or we'll ignore you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Oh, there's Buster. No, he's making his little guest appearance. Come here. Come on. No? Okay. Well, I tried. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks so much for listening or watching YouTube. I keep forgetting we're on YouTube. What's up, YouTube? And, you know, check out all of our other stuff. Check out the podcast. Check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Art History Babes. That's a really good place to go if you want to talk to us. We're we're a lot better yeah. about communicating on Patreon. We are. We are. We are. Yeah. So, check out our Patreon. And it's also, we're a little more candid there, too. So if you liked this, if you like this kind of kind of kind of kind of this kind of loose conversational style then patreon is the place for you he's um he's good with his paws hope big orange baby <laughs> all right thank you so much for listening we appreciate you guys and we'll we'll catch you next time see you soon bye Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.